Uh, I would like to call the December 7th, 2021 Longmont City Council regular session to order. Um, and we are on virtual meetings again. So uh, can we have a roll call, please? Absolutely, Mayor Peck. Clearly you are here. <laughs> Council Member Hidalgo Faring. Here. Council Member Martin. Here. Council Member Waters. I think we lost him. I do think we lost Councilmember Waters. We may need to pause. Okay. Councilmember. Unlock the meeting. Give us just a moment. Thank you. I will go ahead and finish Councilmember Yarbrough. I was about to say your name. Here. And Mayor Pro Tem Rodriguez. Here. Mayor Peck, as soon as we have Councilmember Waters back. We also lost Harold. Give us just Harold. a moment. Yes. There is Harold. Yep. Give us just a moment. Dallas, if you can uh, upgrade Harold, I'll work on, well, we just lost Tim again. Um, he must be having connection issues. So give us just a moment. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Yes, Harold. we can. Thanks. Mm -hmm. And there he is again. Let's try this one more time. Let me rename him. Dallas, Tim is ready. All right, Councilmember Tim, are you there and can you see and hear us? Yes, I can. And if I might complete I roll call, you are here. You are present. I am here. For the moment. Yeah, I'm not going on with my system here. Gee, many Christmas. I got booted too. Mm -hmm. Mayor, you do have a quorum as long as Council Member Waters is ready oh, to go. Looks great. tentative. Tentative. <laughs> I can't Thank get you. I can't get my I can't get a full screen. I'm not certain what's going on with this. So here we go. Did you get it, Council? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Thanks. Okay, for the public, meetings are being held remotely due to the ongoing novel coronavirus pandemic. You can watch the meeting live stream by going to longmontcolorado.gov and searching on agendas. Or you can go to longmontpublicmedia.org and click on watch. Um, so welcome to our meeting. Uh, can we have the Pledge of Allegiance, please? Let's see, I'll start it off. I pledge allegiance. To the, to the flag, flag of, of the United, United States, States of America, America. and to the, to the republic for which, which it stands, stands. One, one nation, under God, under God indivisible, indivisible, with liberty, liberty and justice, and justice for, all. for all. Thank you. Anyone wishing to provide public comment during public invited to be heard must watch the live stream of the meeting and call in only when I open the meeting for public comment. Callers are not able to access the meeting at any other time. To call in, you can call the toll-free number. It's 888-788-0099. Watch for the instructions to be displayed and write down the meeting ID when it's displayed at the beginning of the meeting. So we do have the screen up. The meeting ID is 847-7190-5909. So write that down and you can do it at public invited to be heard. Um, can we have a motion for the approval of the minutes? Mayor, there are no minutes on this agenda for approval. So you can keep oh, going. That's right. So uh, <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Do we have any uh, agenda revisions, submission of documents and motions to direct the city manager to add agenda items to future agendas? Mayor, I just want to confirm there are no agenda revisions or, or revised documents. Okay. Um, but we can give direction to staff correctly, correct? Correct. correct. Okay. In that case, I don't see any hands, but I do want to uh, make a motion to direct staff to take money of the, out of the council contingency fund to purchase flowers for uh, Maria Tostado, 
of flowers and cards from council. Um, hopefully the, uh, the amount of money will not exceed $100. So do I have a second for that? Second. I'll second that. Thank you. It has been seconded by Susie Hidalgo, Councilwoman Hidalgo Faring. Uh, can we have a vote, please? All those in favor? Say aye. Raise your hand. Aye. Those opposed? It is passed uh, unanimously. Thank you. So uh, do you have a COVID report for us, uh, Harold? Oh, yeah. Yes, Mayor Peck. Let me share my screen. Can you all see the December 6, 2021 screen? Yes. So Mayor, Mayor Council, um, they didn't have the admin meeting today. And so just wanted to go over the presentation that I have with you all. This is the information that we prepared based on the variants, uh, specifically the Omicron variant and what they're seeing. What you're probably going to see in the news today is that um, they did detect the Omicron variant in the wastewater testing that they're doing in Boulder. Um, when I received the email notification, um, it is on, I think, the Denver Post and some other websites. When I received the email notification from uh, Camille with um, Boulder County Public Health, um, they indicated that they did not get that report for, um, for Longmont, so I did make sure on that one. Um, in terms of the data and what we're seeing, um, you know, we, we had a dip in cases last week and we, we talked about the hope that we, we were gonna continue in that trend. And as what we've seen recently, you can see the bounce up um, where we've moved to 222.5 cases again. Um, and again, this graph represents a cumulative number of new cases per 100,000, what we've typically seen. Um, Obviously in this slide, Boulder County is still in high transmission rate. We are down um, as of this um, slide to 194.67. Obviously there's an updated information on the previous slide, but um, we're still in high transmission. When we look at the breakdown on case trends among age groups, uh, we're, you know, we saw that decline in the zero to five or zero to 11 population and we see it climbing. But you know, when you look at all of the age demographics, the majority of them are climbing and it looks like it's leveling off again on the data. What does this mean um, by race and ethnicity? Um, again, we're still in that number. We're still relatively close to that. We're hanging in the 18 to 22% uh, for, for our Latinx population. So we've been pretty consistent there. And then when we look at cases um, by uh, cities, um, we, we had dropped in terms of Longmont, but we are now 42% of the cases once again in Longmont with Boulder, 24%. What that really means from a numbers perspective, Boulder City had 172 cases this week. They had 159 the prior week. Longmont had 297 cases this week. We had 188 in the prior week and then Louisville Lafayette Superior, um, they had 118 cases this week, 97 in the prior week. And then, uh, and so that's giving you a sense of the actual numbers that we're seeing. So how does this align with um, our stormwater data? So you all are now used to seeing uh, the sheet in terms of what we have a number of cases. And again, we have the lag in this. And so what we're seeing here, um, is that you can see we had this bump. You saw it decrease here. You see the cases, you see the bump, we're seeing it, then we're down. But now we're starting to see our stormwater data once again show an increasing number of copies within our system. So as, as, we, look in, as we look to the future, we know what we can expect based on the number of cases in our community. So what's happening in the health system? Um, again, uh, staffed ICU bed availability um, averaged about 4%. So we dropped one percentage point from last week. Um, say, you know, on the medical surgical bed availability, we're now averaging 4% down from 2, 6%. 
Hospitals are continuing to report tight staffing. It did increase three percentage points. We're continuing to see around, I think it's been holding 18 pediatric confirmed cases. The interesting piece on this that showed up in this slide and this data set is that pharmacy staffing shortages are limiting vaccine and prescription drug distribution. So that's a new piece to the slide in terms of what we're getting on our medical system and we haven't seen that um, before. Now, when we look at what's happening in Boulder County in terms of hospitalizations, 77 people um, are hospitalized with confirmed COVID. Um, we have eight staffed ICU beds available. If you remember last week, I think we were in double digits. And I said in the week prior to that, we were down to three. So we continue to see those numbers move up and down in terms of our, our bed availability. Um, obviously, we're still kind of exceeding our epidemiological capacity in terms of the cases that the uh, health department looks at. Again, want to really reiterate that they, they still do the epidemiological work. They're just more focused on, on areas where they, they see um, more risk of more cases developing. And, and then when we look at uh, the deaths since we've had this, again, you can kind of see the trend continuing. Um, there's, there's a few in long-term care facilities, but most of them are not associated with that. Um, among the 59 deaths since May, 49% are female, average age is 71 for unvaccinated and 84 years old for vaccinated individuals. So you're seeing that difference um, in whether and when folks are vaccinated. Testing, so seven-day positivity is down 6.6%. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about this in terms of how much is the testing impacting the percentage points, and we, we have some additional information. So there was an average of 1,900 tests done per day in the last week uh, compared to 1,600 um, per day in the week prior. So you're def definitely seeing as more testing is taking place, we're seeing that number drop, and, and it really is sort of highlighting what we thought. Fewer tests and those that are getting tests are obviously not feeling well. Um, continuing to, to hold on the vaccination rates. So you can see the percent of the total population who have received at least one dose is 83. Um, we're about 68.9 that have both doses. And then the percent of eligible population is 86. Uh, this is what it looks like, again, in terms of individuals who are getting the booster doses, um, continuing to see the 70-plus move up, and that's what they were really looking for. So that's the slides I have for you all today. I guess the, the news is we are seeing more cases. Uh, we are seeing uh, more of the copies within our wastewater system. Uh, they're still really looking at trying to understand, and I think this is an international work that they're doing is really trying to understand what does the Omicron variant really mean. Um, the Delta variant, at least at this point, is obviously still the dominant variant within Colorado. I'd be happy to answer any questions you all have. Councillor Waters. Harold, the slide that you just, your last slide, <clears throat> in terms of uh, testing rates or uh, not testing rates, infection rates. <clears throat> and then, you know, concerns about numbers of, it's a percentage of what in terms of the, mm -hmm. uh, um, the denominator. Um, who is, who's doing the testing? If there were 1600 tests a day, if that's the number, who's doing that testing? Um, I think there's a number of different groups that are doing the, doing the testing. So, uh, for example, we have a testing requirement for our staff. If you're not vaccinated, we have to report that into the state system as well. Where do they Give get them. tested and how do you report it? Well, so um, when we test it, in order to get approved to do it, we have a protocol that we have to follow. So I know they work with risk management and uploading that into a system. So if you go to the Boulder County Fairgrounds to get tested, they're doing the same thing. Or if you go to a doctor's office, um, so there, uh, if you go to, I believe you can still do that at pharmacies and other locations. So any place that's conducting those tests within the state, 
to get approved to do it, you have to agree to follow the protocol so that you can upload it into their system. All right, thanks. Is there anyone else? I don't see anyone else. Uh, Harold, thank you very much for that report. Thanks. And hopefully we'll continue to get better. Um, so thank you. Tonight we do have a special presentation and it is going to be from uh, Jesse Olson. Jesse Olson is from the Left Hand Watershed Center. Her presentation will introduce the Watershed Center, update council and public on current forest health and wildfire prevention efforts in the St. Brain Watershed and conclude with specific efforts to recover from the Calwood Fire. Jesse's a local watershed planner that has worked professionally in the field of ecological restoration since 2003, working with nonprofits, land trusts, and in the private sector. She holds a master's degree in environmental planning from UC Berkeley and has served as the executive director of Left Hand Watershed Center since 2015. Her efforts in protecting our local watershed are especially appreciated by the city of Longmont. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you all and um, tell you more about the Watershed Center. So I have a presentation if you would like to load that up. Thank you. Go ahead and go to the next slide, please. So the Left Hand Watershed Center works to protect and restore watersheds for people and the environment using a collaborative and science-based approach. We were originally formed in 2005 as a result of Captain Jack Mine um, cleanup needs in the upper portion of Left Hand Creek Watershed. Um, and then we actually grew in 2015 when uh, we, were, we took on the effort of implementing over $8 million of flood recovery work in the Left Hand Creek Watershed. Um, and now, we're, as we move into the future, we're really looking at a more holistic system um, that we've expanded our geography to include the entire St. Brain Basin. And we've also um, expanded our scope and services to include forests, rivers, farms, and communities. Next slide, please. So our current geography, we really we still um, hold a special place um, in, in protecting and restoring left-hand creek watershed. But as I said, we've expanded our geography to include the entire St. Brain Basin. And one of the key aspects that we do, we do as a nonprofit watershed coalition is we, we know that watersheds do not respect boundaries. And so we actually work across boundaries and collaborate with agencies and landowners and all the folks that you see here on the slide to, to build um, really resilient solutions for the whole watershed and for all the entire community. Next slide, please. And so before I jump into talking about our programs, I really want to acknowledge and thank the many staff members that we work with at the city of Longmont. Um, these, these folks on the list here are really partners and collaborators with us and um, the work that we, we do together should be celebrated um, as, a, as a team. So next slide, please. And our program areas include restoring forests, rivers, adaptively managing watersheds, and engaging community. So I'll walk you through those four program areas, and we will end with the restoring forest and talk about the fire recovery efforts. Next slide. So in terms of our community engagement, we have our watershed education program, which is really working to build um, the stewards of the future. And so we've hosted outdoor classroom activities reaching over 120 elementary school students who are able to explore their watershed through hands-on learning. We've also partnered up with um, CU Boulder students and work side by side with them on a, a climate adaptation experiment in Left Chain Creek. Um, we also develop educational bulletins to really help our community understand how science and data help inform these client adapted restoration efforts that we're undertaking. Um, we also have a really strong community science program where folks can get out and actually engage in collecting data. And so we hosted this past year, we hosted over 20 events where community members were able to engage with their forests, farms and rivers 
We also hosted over 200 volunteers to install native fish habitat for the native red bellied dace. Um, we reintroduced native fish species to Left Hand Creek and removed weeds um, and planted native plants, along with collecting scientific data with community members. We also have a program called Catch the Hatch, where we're tracking adult mayfly emergence in the watershed, which is an indicator of climate change. Um, and we've done this for three years running now. Next slide, please. In terms of our adaptively managed watersheds program, um, this is an opportunity for us to, to collect really critical scientific data that gives us insights to the, the practitioners and policymakers and community members to make data-informed decisions. So for example, there was recently a tanker spill this past um, spring and in that resulted in a gas spill into um, Saint Frank, South St. Frank Creek. We immediately responded by collecting data upstream and downstream of this tanker spill and reported those results immediately with the public as soon as we had them available so that folks could see the impact um, on the river and, and the potential restoration solutions. We also collected new and long-term data uh, monitoring sites at 19 sites in the watershed that relate to water, vegetation, and habitat. Um, and this all culminates in, into our annual State of the Watershed Report, which is available on our website. Um, we also are undertaking this basin-wide monitoring effort where we're really trying to build to bring together this multidisciplinary experts to guide management of our watersheds. And we're calling this an adaptive management process in, to, in order to really result in these science-driven decision-making um, tool. And we right now have two um, outreach tools to support this, an adaptive management summary process summary where you can check that out on our website and also a Captain Jack knowledge platform, which shows the results of years of reclamation at the Captain Jack mine. Next slide, please. In terms of our river restoration program, as I mentioned, we've implemented over $9 million of flood recovery work in the watershed. And now we're really moving into um, developing solutions that are win-win for both the economy and for our ecological services. And we know that, that this is really the responsible way for us to explore a balance of ecological health and economic, economic needs for our communities. And so one of the reports that we produced this past year that really highlights these opportunities is our fish passage report where we explored solutions to allow fish to pass through areas where there's diversions for agriculture, um, while also still allowing full access to the agricultural rates that the farmers need to in order to grow crops. Um, we're also developing two conceptual designs for multi-benefit projects and hosted a farm tour where cyclists were able to connect with both ditches and food and see how um, those are connected. Next slide, please. Now moving into our forest program. Um, as you all know, we had a really severe wildfire season this past year, and we've had a recent fire that started in December, which is pretty alarming. Um, and what, we also understand that there, this, with this landscape's level problem, we really need a landscape scale solution. And so as a result of that um, interest from all of our partners, we, are, we recently developed what's called the St. Vrain Forest Health Partnership in collaboration with the City of Longmont and many other partners that are listed here. And what we're doing there is really trying to increase the pace and scale of forest restoration in the St. Vrain watershed. So this um, includes basically the left-hand watershed as well as the St. Vrain watershed, all of the, the rivers that flow into the City of Longmont. And it's a critical um, forest for us to be able to protect our water supplies. Um, so we've this past year, we grew the, the partnership to over 100 members. We hosted field trips to engage community members to really connect with the purpose of doing fire resilient forest restoration and created new two new outreach tools to be able to support those efforts. Um, next slide, please. And so what I mean when I say uh, forest restoration is, is illustrated here by a graphic designer who worked with our 
um, what we call the science team to be able to depict where we're trying to go with restoration in the future. So you can see the image on the left shows our the existing condition of our forest in the lower montane. We have really dense crowded forests where if a fire were to start, the fire goes to the canopy instead of staying on the ground, which results in these high catastrophic wildfires. Um, and in the desired future condition, you can see it's a little more open, more diverse, um, a, a big, bigger mix of age classes and diversity of tree species. And so if a fire were to start in that landscape, it would stay on the ground and we would have a fire resilient forest where a fire could, could come through and not have these catastrophic impacts to water, to our community and to the forest itself. Next slide, please. And so getting into the fire recovery efforts, the 2020 fire resulted in that sort of high intensity burns in, in many locations in the burned landscape. Um, you can see the image on the right that shows those hydrophobic soils, which basically prevent water from being able to absorb into the soil and instead it runs off into our creeks. The next slide, please. And that results in these black water ash runoff events like we had this past spring. Next slide, please. And so we were lucky enough to, to receive some funding from the Community Foundation Boulder County to be able to jump into action and do um, some really important erosion control work following the fire. Um, we also were able to put a lot of seed on the ground to be able to um, establish some, some healthy seed populations right off, off the bat. And then we also engaged with the community actually tracking some of the uh, regrowth of vegetation following the fire with a program called Fire Followers. In addition, we've set up um, new monitoring sites to be able to track the progress towards our goals of stabilizing soil um, and being able to actually recover from the fire. Next slide, please. However, our work is not over. In fact, this is the most critical time in my experience for us to be actually really taking a closer eye at our efforts and really putting in our efforts to be able to monitor and then be able to adapt and, and be able to install additional erosion control features and do additional seeding and weed control as we move forward um, to, make, to ensure that we have a successful uh, recovery following the fire. So next slide, please. So the, the contribution that is being requested of City of Longmont is shown here in, in the context of the larger fire recovery effort. So I spoke about some of the efforts related to the erosion control that we received funding from the Community Foundation. In addition, there was a, a very large mulching operation that was undertaken by Boulder County and they utilized NRCS funding to um, produce more than $4 million of fire recovery efforts on the landscape. So in this context, you can see that the contribution from the city of Longmont um, is leveraged many times over to, to accomplish what is needed for the watershed and improve the health of the forest as well as the community and protect our water supplies. So with that, I think, that might be my last slide, or you can go forward. Um, feel, we, we do have, I used many slides from our recently published impact report. If you're interested in learning more about our organization, um, it is on our website and that's my contact information there. I'm happy to connect with any of you. And the next slide should just say thanks. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Jesse. That was uh, that was really a good report, and I'm happy that Longmont's going to be a part of this. Uh, I noticed that on the last slide, though, that our uh, contribution was pending. Is that is that confirmed that we are giving that much money to this watershed program? I think you're voting on it today. That's my okay. Opinion. That's on the later item in the meeting. Okay, I did. I wasn't sure if we were going to be doing this, but it is on the uh, consent agenda. Okay, thank you. So um, do we have any questions for Jesse before we leave this presentation? 
No. Okay. Thank you again, Jesse, for your uh, presentation. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So now we are at Public Invited to be Heard. Um, we are going to take a break for five minutes to let people call in. We put up on the screen once again the number that you should be calling in, 888-788-0099. And don't forget to write down the uh, meeting ID number, 847-7190-5909. So we're going to take a five-minute break to let everyone call in who would like to.
Mayor Peck, we are coming in at about four minutes and 30 seconds. Right now, I am not seeing any callers in the chat. If, okay. yes, if you, yes, once that's on, I will drop the slide and I will let you know when we have caught up with the live stream. Okay, thank you, Dallas. Yep. And it appears we are back. Great. And Dallas, are there any, any people in the uh, queue wanting to speak? There are not, there are no callers. Oh, no callers, okay. Well, that's kind of disappointing. I was hoping to hear from some people. Um, so I guess we'll go right to the consent agenda. Um, would you mind reading the consent agenda for us, Don? Absolutely, Mayor Peck. You can hear me okay? Yes. Very good. Item um, Items 9A are for electronic participation in council meetings. 9A1 is Ordinance 2021-77, a bill for an ordinance amending Chapter 2.12 of the Longmont Municipal Code to authorize city council meetings by electronic means of participation. Public hearing and second reading scheduled for December 20th, 2021. 9A2 is amend council rules of procedure to include Rule 25.2, electronic participation for meetings. Public hearing and second reading scheduled for December 20th, 2021. 9B is resolution 2021-127, a resolution of the Longmont City Council approving the services contract between the City of Longmont and the Left Hand Watershed Center for Cowwood Fire Restoration Efforts. And 9C is resolution 2021-128, a resolution of the Longmont City Council authorizing an application for conditional surface and storage water rights on the St. Frank Creek, Left Hand Creek, and Dry Creek. Thank you, Don. Uh, are there any counselors? I see Councilwoman um, Martin. Would you like to pull an item? Um, no, Mayor. I would like to move the consent agenda. Okay. Um, before, else you, to pull anything. before you do that, I would like to pull C just for an explanation or question. 9C. Okay. So, and I move the consent agenda minus C. Thank you. Can I have a second? second. Thank you. It has been moved by Councilwoman Martin and Councilor Waters, seconded by Councilor Waters. Can we uh, have a vote, please? All those in favor, raise your hand. All those opposed? That carries unanimously. So now we are ordinance on the second reading, and I see that we don't have any ordinances on the second reading, so we can go right to uh, the first reading for CR 2021-128, I pulled that one. I just have a question that was in the council com. Uh, if I read it correctly, we don't usually um, ask for authorization for conditional surface. This is for the down uh, obligations that we have on the, on the water rights, am I correct? Uh, yes, Mayor, um, Ken Houston, Water Resources Manager. Um, primarily, this water rights filing is to meet our downstream obligations um, on most of our water rights that are changed. There, there is a requirement to replace to the stream the historical return flow from those water rights, and that is downstream of Longmont. Most of them are, the, the requirement is about from Longmont down to um, Sandstone Ranch. And this water right filing will allow us to meet those requirements as part of our previous water rights change cases without having to release water out of our um, upstream water supplies, specifically uh, Button Rock and other facilities that we occasionally do have to release from. So Ken, uh, my question was, um that it was you we normally release it from uh union reservoir and our wastewater facility uh, why are we not doing that this time um mayor yes and we will continue to do that um this particular filing allows us to um in the past um whenever the call on the on the downstream uh, river, specifically the South Platte, was junior to our changed water rights. We no longer had to meet that delivery requirement. Um, the Water Court has had a couple cases more recently 
um, which is requiring, irrespective of the downstream call, um, that we have to do that. So what this does is let, lets us uh, come into a place in time where we'll continue to meet when this, when the call is senior to 2021, which is when we file this, um, we'll have to use Union Reservoir and our wastewater treatment plant. And we'll continue to do that. But when it's junior to 2021 to this filing, then we'll be able to use this filing as opposed to letting the water uh, out of other facilities. So this filing would be in perpetuity? We wouldn't it have would, to yes. Okay. All right, thank you for that explanation. Uh, and with that, I move uh, R2021-128. Second. Thank you, it's been, I moved it. It's been seconded by Council, Councilor Martin. All those in favor? Thank you. That, all those opposed? That passes unanimously, thank you. And now we are on, uh, actually we're gonna go right to our board and commission appointments. And I would like to run this past council. Uh, what I would like to do is we have four boards and commissions that only one person applied for, one applicant. So if possible, uh, I would like to move those as a slate with one motion. Uh, Eugene, is that possible to do that or do we need to do those individually? Mayor Peck, if I may, I think you probably can just be mixed as long as your motion is pretty clear, Eugene. Sure, that, okay, that works. Thank you. thank you. Then I move that we appoint Talis Salamation to the Airport Advisory Board, Karen Reed to the Callahan House Advisory Board, Paul Mayer to the Golf Course Advisory Board, and Noah Huber to the Master Board of Appeals. Can I have a second? Second. Thank you. Uh, it's been moved by myself, seconded by Councillor Waters. All those in favor, please raise your hand. Those opposed? Councillor Yarbrough, was that a yay or a nay? Okay, thank you. So that passes unanimously. Um, the other thing that I was thinking, and council, counselors, if you don't agree with this, let me know. Um, since we have so many applicants on some of these boards, I thought perhaps the first person, uh, the liaison for those boards, both, both past and present, if the new, the new assigned liaisons aren't comfortable, to tell us who they would like to be on that board first, because they have been uh, the ones that have been watching the boards and seeing how they operate, et cetera. So um, if anyone has a problem with that, let me know. Doesn't look like there's a problem here. So let's go to the Art and Public uh, Places Commission. And the new liaison is uh, Councillor Yarbrough and the past is Councillor Mar Martin. So would you care to let us know who your choice is on this two unexpired regular member terms? Did you want uh, my opinion and um, council member Martin's opinion since she- Yes, was? please, that would be great. Okay, uh, council member Martin, you can go first. Councillor Martin, do you want to join in here? You're still muted. You're muted, Marsha. There Sorry, you go. When, when I'm on the agenda, the mute, the space bar that unmutes me also takes me to the bottom of the agenda. Oh no. So I'm, okay. <laughs> I am struggling with this, um, but, uh, but I would propose uh, Lara Rutledge and uh, Michelle Jones. Okay, uh, Council, Councilor Yarbrough, do you have any? The same exact two people I chose. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Is there any opposition to these two appointees from the other councilors? No. Uh, Councilor Yarbrough, do you wanna make a motion on that then? Do we need to make motions on all of these? Okay, I'll let you do that, Councilor Yarbrough. 
Um, I would like to make a motion that we appoint Michelle Jones and Laura Rutledge to Art and Public Places Commission. Second. All those in favor? All those opposed? That carries unanimously, thank you. Now we go to the uh, Historic Preservation Commission. That is Mayor Pro Tim Rodriguez. Thank you. There's three applicants and three regular member terms ending December 31st, 2025. I move that Richard Jacoby, Holly Norton, and Suzanne Sibley be appointed to the three regular member terms. Thank you. Do we have a second? Second. Thank you, Councilor. It's been uh, moved by Mayor Pro Tim Rodriguez, seconded by Councilor Martin. Uh, all those in favor? Raise your hand. Thank you. All those opposed? That carries unanimously. Housing and Human Services Advisory Board, that is Council, Councilwoman Yarbrough. Who was on that last? I can't remember. It was... Um, um, yeah, probably. Okay. So, Councilor okay. Yarbrough, we have three regular members and uh, one unexpired regular member term ending December 31st. So, we have... Okay, so... I would propose to have Graham Steers, um, Catherine Onaka, Stacy Duncan, and then um, Robert Putum or Putum. Which one do you want for the unexpired regular member? Um, Graham Steers. Okay. Thank you. Do you want to make that a motion? I guess you did. I'll, I'll second that. All those in favor? I'm sorry, can I clarify? I apologize. Sure. So the three, Graham would be an unexpired, and then the other three are- Oh, the... wait, no, I want I want Graham to be on to 2024. Okay. So if we, is it Graham, Catherine Onaka, and Stacey. who was the third one for regular member, Stacy Duncan? Yes. Maybe we make that motion and then do a separate motion for the unexpired. Okay, great. Go Thank ahead. You. So I make the motion that Stacy Duncan, um, Catherine Onaka, and Graham Steers um, are the three regular members for Housing and Human Services Advisory Board. Thank you. Uh, Councilwoman Martin seconded that. All those in favor? All those opposed? That carries unanimously, thank you. And then I make the motion that we have Robert Putum, Putum I'm sorry if I butchered your name, Robert, um, for the unexpired regular member um, for the Housing and Human Services Advisory Board. Okay, do we have a second? Second. Okay. Uh, that has been moved by Councilwoman uh, Yarbrough and seconded by Mayor Pro Tem Rodriguez. All those in favor? All those opposed, that carries unanimously. We are now at the Museum Advisory Board. That is Councilwoman Hidalgo Faring. And uh, yep, just- Okay. Just okay, yeah, this one was a, a hard one. There were some really good candidates, so. Yes. Um, but, um, so I had, my recommendation for the Museum Board would be, um, and there were two openings, um, Bruce Montgomery and Renee Schoen, Schoenbeck. I hope I said it right. Um, so we have the terms are ending at different times. Which one do you want to end June 30th, 2023? And then what was the other one? The other one ending in 2024? Correct. So um, I will have Bruce at 2023. And I think I had Renee. Yep, that was right. Um, and then Renee at 2024. Do you want to make that a motion? So I move that um, we accept um, Bruce Montgomery for the 2023, for the um, seat expiring 2023, and Renee um for her seat um, that expires in 2024. Do we have a second? Okay, that has been moved by uh, Councilwoman Hidalgo Faring, seconded by Councilwoman Yarbrough. All those in favor? All those opposed? 
That carries unanimously. This moves us on to the Parks and Rec Advisory Board, uh, Councilor Waters. And uh, it was also um, Mayor Pro Tem Rodriguez. So if one of you would like to make this appointment. I think I'll, I'm gonna defer to Aaron. Okay. Uh, just to, he has been there with for the last couple of years and there we got a bunch of candidates, a number of good ones, and um, I'll defer to Aaron. Okay. Well, I think probably I'll start first with moving Paige Lewis. Uh, she has been the chair and I think is a very good member and deserves another term, in my opinion. And then I think my second choice, which as we've all stated, there's lots of good ones, uh, would be, I think, Aaron Angel. Okay, great. Um, Councillor Waters, do you... Have any problem with those two? Or? No, I don't have problems. I, I, I might have I might have done something a little different, but I but those are good nominations. I, okay. I, there's you can't go wrong with this group of people. It's a, it is an outstanding collection of folks. So I agree. I agree. So I'll second that. It's been moved by uh, Mayor Pro Tem Rodriguez, seconded by myself that we we um, nominate Aaron Angel and Paige Lewis to the Parks and Recreation Advisory Board. All those in favor. All those opposed, that carries unanimously. We're now on the Planning and Zoning Commissions. We have one regular member, one, one expired, and one alternate. This is, again, Mayor Pro Tem Rodriguez. Thank you. Uh, I'll just, since there's three different uh, positions, I'll start at the first with the regular term ending 2026. Uh, and I would move Michael Poland for that uh, position. And then I would uh, move Anna Lukacs for the unexpired regular term ending in 2022. And then her vacating that alternate member, I would uh, move Amy Saunders for the alternate member term. I'll second those recommendations. Thank you. So it's been moved by Mayor Pro Tem Rodriguez, seconded by Councillor Waters for the planning, excuse me, planning and zoning commission. All those in favor? All those opposed, that carries unanimously. We're going right through these. Uh, Senior Citizens Advisory Board. This is Councilor Martin. So we have two regular, it's gonna be easy. Yeah, thank you, Mayor Peck. Um, those two are both returning members who have done an excellent job. So there's really nothing to talk about. I move that we, excuse me, I move that we return um, both members. Okay, do we have a second on that? I'll second. Thank you. So it's been moved by uh, Councillor Martin and seconded by Councillor Hidalgo Faring that uh, we appoint the two returning members to the Senior Center's Advisory Board. All those in favor? All those opposed? That passes unanimously. Now we have, uh, let's see, I think this is Councillor Yarbrough for the Transportation Advisory Board. And I was on that before, but you know what? Um, Councilor Yarbrough, I'm gonna let you appoint. There's only one. <laughs> really? Yeah, um, you get to do it. You're gonna be on there. That's true. All <laughs> right, all righty. Well, I um, move a motion to appoint Diane Chris to the unexpired regular member uh, transportation advisory board. I'll second that. So it's been moved by Councilor Yarbrough, seconded by myself to appoint Diana Chris to TAB, basically. All those in favor? All those opposed? That passes unanimously. We're on our last one and the Councilor uh, Waters, this is yours for visit. I'll, I'll recommend uh, um, for the regular term ending December 31st, 2024, Catherine Inskeep and for the unexpired term, Wayne Granger. Okay, do we have a second for that? I'll second. Thank you. So it's been moved by Councillor Waters, seconded by Councillor Hidalgo Ferry, um, that we appoint Catherine Inskeep and Wayne Granger to visit Longmont Board. All those in favor? All those opposed? That passes unanimously. I think that's it, Don. Thank you very much. You're welcome. 
So now we are at the exciting part of our agenda, uh, the final call for public invited to be heard. So um, we're going, we have the phone number up again. Anyone who wants to call in, it is 888-788-0099. The meeting ID you need to enter is 847-7190-5909. Press the pound sign for the partici participation ID. Um, so we'll take a five minute break, let people uh, call in.
Mayor Peck, we are at the four and a half minute mark. I am not seeing any callers currently in the queue. I am going to uh, drop the slide here. Okay. And I will let you know when we have caught up to the live stream. Thank you, Dallas. Mm -hmm. We have caught up. I'm still not seeing any callers in the chat. Okay, thank you. Since there are no callers in the chat for public invited to be heard, uh, let's go on to the mayor and council comments. Some of you have to have a comment. <laughs> Nothing? All right, then, uh, city manager's remarks. Harold? No comment, mayor and council. Okay, thank you, uh, city attorney, Eugene. No comments, Mayor. Thank you. Well, we're getting out of here early. Um, do I have a motion to adjourn? So moved. Thank Second. you. Second. Second. Thank you. It's been moved by Councillor Martin and seconded by Councillor Waters. To adjourn, all those in favor, say aye. All those opposed, looks like it carried unanimously. We are adjourned. Thank everybody for joining us virtually. Thank you.